We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is February 14th. It is officially the NBA All-Star Break, which is fantastic for anybody that's been playing NBA all season, grinding it out. Getting a little break here, which is much needed at this time of the year. So um, excited for the NBA All-Star Break, like we were talking about on the podcast yesterday. Going to be talking a little bit um, NASCAR today on the podcast. Next week during the All-Star break, we're going to be doing some hockey shows. But with the big contest over there on DraftKings for the Daytona 500, we decided to go NASCAR today. Not going to get too much in-depth in the Daytona 500 as far as plays go. Just going to kind of talk some general strategy and stuff, um, you know, if you want. Who I like and all that good stuff. Make sure you're checking out the NASCAR premium stuff here at Rotogrinders. Rotogrinders.com slash premium slash NASCAR. Or just hit more sports, hit NASCAR, and it's right there at the top left corner. So, um, you know, we just now got done with the qualifying races on Thursday nights, and we finally have an official starting lineup for the Daytona 500. So we do know that. I will tell you guys, uh, make sure you're not playing Chad Fincham, J.J. Yaley, or Daniel Suarez in your lineups because they did not qualify for the race. So make sure you're not playing those guys. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Daytona 500 to get here. I love the fact that DraftKings has an 880 $8,000 tournament with 150 K to first place, $10 buy-in, um, you know, pays out 21.7% of the field. Top 10s getting 34%. Um, 
you know, a, a lot of rake. Payout structure is not the best, but I do think this is a fantastic tournament for DFS players. So, highly re- recommend checking it out um, with NBA on All Star break. Massive tournament here, and um, fully, fully, fully going to take advantage of it as far as I am concerned. So, um, you know, just want to say, you know, a shout out to, to DraftKings and FanDuel for running NASCAR contests for sure. Um, so DraftKings, the scoring, you know, you're, you're definitely looking at place differential fastest laps, especially at Daytona are going to come throughout the field. Um, most racetracks will be able to predict where the fastest laps are going to come from. Even though we saw with the 2019 package, the same package that we're running this season, um, fastest laps, a little bit harder to predict, but they're still predictable as far as which cars are going to get them at most racetracks. It's just when you come to Daytona, whoever gets a run sucking up to the draft is likely going to be the car that runs the fastest lap. And it's just always hard to kind of figure out and predict which cars are going to do that because there's just so many, so many moving pieces at Daytona and Talladega. So fastest laps like on DraftKings, they're, they're kind of tough. FanDuel does not have fasting, fastest laps. Um, both sites have laps led. Um, they're weighed a little bit more on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel, FanDuel 0.1 points. So it, it add up, you know, if somebody leads a bunch of laps, you know, if they start leading, you know, five fifty to a hundred laps, you know, you're, you're talking about five points and on FanDuel scoring where finishing position is so important. If somebody leads that many laps and they finish in the top three, they're likely going to be a guy that you, you know, you want to play on DraftKings. If a guy starts on the pole and, leads the first 50 or 60 laps and finishes 20th, um, obviously not going to be anywhere near the optimal play. So you have to be careful with that kind of stuff each and every week, not just for the Daytona 500. For the Daytona 500, obviously it's it's a little different here. You know, it, it's a different animal in itself just because, you know, we have the stages – we have a lot of green flag pit stops. We have a lot of variance in wrecks. Um, you know, you have to approach Daytona like there's going to be wrecks because there's going to be wrecks. Um, it's not one of those racetracks where, you know, you just go and you're like, oh, you know, he's going to go and win the race. I I, I couldn't tell you who I think is going to win the race. I, I, I can tell you who I think is going to win the race, but I don't want to say – lock this guy in, you know, he's going to win the race because just so much can happen at Daytona. One bad block can take out 20 cars. So, you know, for me, I I just don't think that, you know, it's smart to try to lock in, uh, you know, a laps leader, uh, a guy that's going to get fastest laps. I think you're focusing more on place differential when it comes to Daytona Um, and and fastest laps, laps led when you hear the term dominators. um, That's what we're talking about. You know, you got your place differential guys, you got your dominators, you got your finishing position guys. So if you're part of the NASCAR premium here, you'll hear me talk about that a lot throughout the season. So, you know, Daytona 500 weekend, you're going to be much more worried about just trying to have six cars in one lineup on the track at the end of the race. and that's kind of important. And I don't think – I think a lot of people weigh that too much too because I think at the end of the day, um, you know, you don't want to have too much ownership on one player. You want to be able to spread it out a little bit. Um, 
you know, like if you look at like average running positions for the best cars in the field at Daytona since 2005, like it's just like Kyle Busch is like 18.4. Denny Hamlin's like 17.4. These guys, you know, that have won at Daytona before. So I know Kyle's never won the Daytona 500, but he's won at Daytona before. Denny Hamlin has two Daytona 500 wins. His average running position is 17.4. So obviously when you're looking at racetracks like this, um, you know, average, average place, average finish, it's very interesting to see just, you know, the stats, the stats kind of back up the fact that some of these guys will sit back and their average running position is a lot higher than their average finish. Um, like if you go, to Ryan Newman, his average running position is 19.1. His average finish is 16.8. Ryan Newman rides at the back a lot. He, he stays out of trouble. He doesn't mix it up. And he's there at the end of the race. And he's always a guy that you're, you're, you're looking to play at a Daytona and a Talladega as long as he's not starting too far forward. So Daytona, obviously, like I said, place differential matters so much more. Um, you know, you got to focus on that. And, and We'll talk a little what we have at the end of the show. I have interviews set up with um, Austin Dillon, Brandon Gaughan, and Ty Dillon, and they talk a little bit more about just how important Daytona is for the sport of NASCAR. So obviously, you know, when, we, when you're listening to them talk about it, you'll, you'll hear just how important, you know, the Daytona 500 is to these guys and why, you know, it's the biggest race of the season as the first race of the season. You know, it's not like the Super Bowl at the end of the year. NASCAR does it different. There are Super Bowls at the beginning of the year. Obviously, they're not crowning a champion, uh, but the, it's, the Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the year, and that's why we see DraftKings rolling out these big tournaments. We see FanDuel with a big tournament over there as well, so it's the biggest race of the year. If you're new to NASCAR, um, this won't really matter to you, but if you are, have been watching NASCAR, if you've been playing DFS NASCAR, there was a lot of moves this offseason, uh, a lot of moves, so... Um, one of the most known moves was Chris Buescher and Ricky Stenhouse pretty much flipping rides. Um, Ricky Stenhouse is now in the 47 JTG Chevy and Chris Buescher has gone from the 37 to the 17, which means Ryan Priest is now in the 37. So Ryan Priest and Ricky Stenhouse kind of switched, um, and, and Buescher is now with Ross Fenway racing. So you'll see Buescher in the 17, you'll see Ricky Stenhouse in the 47 and you'll see Ryan Priest in the 37 this season, which is, is all fun and games. Um, you know, Matthew Benedetto is another big one going from the 95 to the 21. It's going to be better equipment for Matt, um, just in general. So I expect him to have a pretty good season this year. Daniel Suarez is going from Stuart Haas racing to Gaunt Brothers 96. Daniel Suarez did not qualify for the Daytona 500. was involved in a wreck in the qualifying duels um, on Thursday night. So Daniel Suarez will not be in the Daytona 500. Uh, we have a bunch of rookies this season, a lot of rookies. John Hunter Nemechek is in the 38 car this year, a rookie. We got Christopher Bell in the 95 car, a rookie. Cole Custer, a 41 car, another rookie. And Tyler Reddick is the other rookie in, in good equipment, um, you know, in the eight car for Richard Childress Racing RCR. We got Brandon Poole. He's a rookie as well. Quinn Hoof, he's a rookie. Um, so the, the rookie class this year is one of the biggest rookie classes that we've had. And it's one of the best 
rookie classes that we've had. You know, we get the big three from the Xfinity Series last year that won a ton of races. Coming up to the Cup Series, all three of them, um, all three of them in really decent equipment. We're going to find out really fast with Christopher Bell what type of equipment um, Levine family is in, whether they're fully in the Joe Gibbs camp now with Christopher Bell there or not. Uh, so we'll find out very soon and very fast in 2020. So I always like to do predictions and stuff. Um, you know, my preseason show, usually it's in the premium package. Did it on the podcast this year just because, you know, NBA All-Star break, had some extra time, had some drivers coming on. So um, figured we would do it on the podcast instead of doing it behind the paywall. So I have my predictions for 2020. The guys that I think that will end up excelling this season in 2020 I'm going to start with Matt Benedetto. I think Matt Benedetto is really going to take the next step. I talked about him last year before the year started, obviously going from the 32 to the 95. I thought he was going to take a big step. He ended up did taking a, a big step last season. So for him, I think that we, we potentially maybe see him win a race this season. Um, like he's a guy that I, I would definitely, um, you know, if there was Vegas odds, for someone just winning a race, doesn't matter which race, just winning a race in 2020. Um, Matt, Matt DiVenedetto would be a guy that like I, I would take a shot on. Um, the next guy I think kind of excels in 2020 is Austin Dillon. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that we're, we need to be looking at. They, the new Chevy, I think they figured out a lot uh, with RCR. Tyler Reddick being his teammate. Tyler Reddick is very aggressive. I think they're going to be able to work together really well. And I think RCR, for looking at overall speed towards the end of the year, um, they were showing more and more speed towards the end of the year. So I think Austin Dillon is a guy that could potentially take um, the next step this season, maybe get back to victory lane. Ryan Blaney, I think the crew chief changes uh, for Penske. I think Blaney is going to get the biggest bump here. Like, he gets a guy uh, that, you know, has won plenty of races, you know, won championship. So, I think that this is going to be a really good change um, for Ryan Blaney. I think Blaney is a guy that really excels this season – and I'm not saying Blaney had a bad year last year, but I think Blaney is a guy that could potentially be at Phoenix um, this season. I, I know it's kind of a bold prediction, but I, I think that Blaney could take the next step in his career, and we're like, oh, Brian Blaney won four or five races this year. I would not be shocked if that happens. So uh, last one that I have here, really kind of excelling this season, taking the next step. Um, is my boy Clint Boyer you know Clint Boyer he's been he had a rough rough year last year he had he got so unlucky so if we're looking at last year and comparing it to this year I think we see a much different season overall for Clint Boyer this year I I really like this spot for Clint I think that you know this is a year that he wins a few races he's in the contention we're talking about him a lot more and just really taking advantage um, of playing Clint a little bit more. I think Stuart Haas really found out um, this this past season the speed because 
Stuart Haas was kind of iffy at the beginning of the year. They were better in the middle of the year, but they were really strong at the end of the year. And I think Stuart Haas is going to carry that momentum and move it over um, to this season. Um, who could who could decline in 2020? This one's always tough. It's really tough to, you know, who was at the high last year that could kind of decline. I don't really have a ton of guys that I don't like. I think Martin Truex Jr. could see a decline this year. You know, Cole Pern stepping back um, and not being the crew chief, you know, kind of learning a new crew chief. I know he's worked with the team and all that, but it's just, for me, it's always tough. I feel like, you know, it takes a year. So I don't know if we'll see Martin Truex Jr. run as, as well as we've seen in the past few years. I, feel, I still think Martin Truex Jr. wins races. I just don't think we see him excel as much as he has over the last few years. So he's a guy... Um, I think Brad Keselowski could decline a little bit this season as well. I don't like the crew chief change for him. Paul Wolf being with Joey Logano now, I think Joey Logano obviously is a guy that could excel from working with Paul Wolf. You know, Todd Gordon working with Blaney. Um, I know that Keselowski has some Xfinity experience with his crew chief and they've won some races in Xfinity. It's just, this is a different level. You know, I, I just think Keselowski could potentially struggle there a little bit. Um, maybe the strategy that Paul Wolf wanted to run, Brad Keselowski wasn't always on board, but I, I feel like he was always on board and they always they had good chemistry and they just they did really well together. So, you know, I I just struggle with that. Um, Busher had a really good season last year. We talked about him a lot in the in the NASCAR package. Um yeah, a lot. I, I really liked Busher a lot last season. My only concern here with Busher is at seven. What well, we're gonna have to see, right? Like the seventeen car, Ricky. You know, obviously had multiple races where he had issues. So we're gonna have to see. But Busher really put together some good races last year. So I really hope that you know, for for his sake, that equipment and stuff is is really solid for him this year. So. All right, my bold predictions for 2020. I always do five bold predictions. Um, they're, they're on record if I do it this way. So uh, my first new winner that's going to pick up his first win in the Cup Series in a points race, I'm going to go with Matt Benedetto. I talked about him a few minutes ago when I was talking about who I think excels this season. I think Matt, Matt, Matt Benedetto picks up the number 100th win for Wood Brothers this year. Finds victory lane for the first time in the Cup Series, and I think it's going to be at Bristol. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to call it now. The spring race when we go to Bristol, Matt Benedetto is going to win at Bristol with the Wood Brothers car and pick up their hundredth win at Bristol or hundredth win in the Cup Series. So, Matt Benedetto is my first time winner for 2020. My rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Cole Custer as my rookie of the year. Talent-wise, Christopher Bell, I think, is right up there. He is really strong. I just think Cole Custer is in the best position here with Stuart Haas Racing, with the teammates that he has surrounding him, the equipment that he is in. I'm going to go with Cole Custer as my Rookie of the Year for 2020. 
Very tough class. Very, very tough class. My most improved, I'm going to go with Ty Dillon. I really think that the new Chevy is going to help him. Um, preview to his interview that you're going to hear here in a little while. They brought back a lot of people with this team from last year. So they've worked all offseason. They worked together all last year. There wasn't a lot of turnover with this team. I think Ty Dillon's going to be the most improved this season. I think we see him up his average finish by multiple positions here. So um, really looking forward to him. I always like this question. My shocking good season. Um, my shocking good season last year was Matt DiBenedetto. And my shocking good season this year is going to be Eric Amarola. I think Eric Amarola is going to win a few races this season. Not a lot of people are talking about Eric Amarola, you know, heading into the year. So I think that it will be kind of shocking to people. So I think Eric Amarola is a guy that wins multiple races out of nowhere. Like I was talking about with Clint Boyer, Eric Amarola is a guy that is in Stuart Haas equipment. They found a lot of speed towards the end of last year. I think they're going to carry that speed over. And it's hard for me not to like Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, Cole Custer. Like, I like Stuart Haas. I think Stuart Haas is, you know, a team that could potentially be very dominant this season because I really think they got it figured out last year. My 2020 champion. As much as I want to say Jimmy Johnson, I would love to see Jimmy Johnson at least be in the Final Four at Phoenix in his final year. I would love seven time to potentially pick up the eight time. The stories and everything would be fantastic. But I'm going back to the well here. Called it last year. Going back, my 2020 champion is Kyle Busch. Back to back. I think Kyle really, when we're looking at this package that we saw last year, really fits the build for this package. You know, he is a very aggressive driver. This package is set up for an aggressive driver. Kyle Busch is very good at every single racetrack that we go to. I don't even know if he has a bad track, but I'm going to go with Kyle Busch to win the 2020 championship. I like it. Um, I also like his teammate, Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin is in the final four again in the mix, but we have to remember we're going to Phoenix for the championship this year. If Kevin Harvick gets there too, he's very good. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin are really, really good at Phoenix. So if any of those three guys get in, it is going to be very fun to watch and see who ends up taking it down. But uh, that's going to wrap it up here for my portion. We're going to get into an interview with um, Austin Dillon, and then we're going to have Brendan gone and Ty Dillon um, finishing us out. So if you want more NASCAR information, head on over to the Roto-Grinders NASCAR Premium. Check that out. Also, um, take advantage of Discord. Really, really like Discord NASCAR Premium channel. Um, you know, able to share more stuff throughout the races and stuff like that. So, Make sure you guys are checking out Discord. You know, it's over there included in the premium package. So check that out. Um, let's hear what Austin Dillon has to say. Joined now by Austin Dillon, as we talked about at the start of the podcast, uh, having some drivers come on today talking about the upcoming season. Austin, you know, back at Daytona, ready to get going. How does it feel? Feels good, man. Um, sitting here in Victory Lane, it's pretty uh, awesome spot. You want to be here um, come Sunday. Even Thursday night, we feel good. So, um, you know, we're just uh, working hard to to do what we love, and that's race. So, you know, we do a lot of 
fantasy stuff. Um, how do you think fantasy NASCAR compares to like fantasy football, fantasy basketball, stuff like that? I really think it's gaining momentum. Um, I think more people that um, start to realize how fun it is to, to use this sport as a fantasy sport is, uh, I think it's growing. Um, so I'm glad to hear people say, hey, I picked you in my lineup today. It's, it's fun to hear that. Uh, I hate it for them when we don't do good, but hopefully they pick us at the right tracks and we do well for them. That's why they have to listen to me. You got to pick him at the right track. Exactly. So. Um, you know, let's let's kind of shift gears here. We were hearing a lot of talk about baseball being like the old person sport, golf being the old person sport. Do you think NASCAR is trying to adjust the right way to get the younger crowd? Well, you know, it's been a transition for NASCAR. You have a lot of our stars kind of transitioning out of the sport. A lot of young guys coming in, and I think more of the uh, as you hear that beautiful sound drive by. I think you see more people starting to relate because the age group of our drivers are getting younger and we're getting into, I guess, younger things. You know, I think the esports world's really big right now, iRacing, and um, it's, it's cool to, to see the youth movement of our, our sport and our uh, the things that NASCAR's doing to make our sport young. Yeah, we're already starting to see like esports fantasy pop up for like LOL and stuff. You think we're gonna see esports NASCAR pop up here soon? I think for sure. iRacing is is something that uh, I feel that a lot of people will be playing fantasy sports with. Uh, it's, it's a cool cool thing to watch. Uh, last night's race was great, so we'll see moving forward how it all turns out. You know, this season we're gonna you know get pretty much the same package that we had last year short tracks are changing how do you uh, approach this season knowing what you know from last year i think um you know i got a lot of changes in the off season i think what we learned the most for our team is the 550 tracks where we need to be for our bodies on our cars the last race at homestead was a good one for us um it showed us the direction we need to go as a company and i think we really took that head on and worked on it this off season but i don't want to be too optimistic till we get to the west coast the west coast really starts that swing out and you can kind of see where you line up now, now granted you get better throughout the year just changes and learning things but um this year everything's pretty much locked in compared to last year so um that's nice you know we just want to gain on the things that we learned over last year and make them better you've been really good at daytona throughout your career do you feel like you try to approach daytona as cautious and then aggressive at the end you know you posted a video on instagram with the matrix um, from the clash but you're always there at the end when it comes to Daytona and Talladega. Do you feel like it's something that you're doing different? I don't know. I just try and be smart about the moves that I make, the positions I put myself in, um, to be there at the end. You know, I mean, the confidence builds every time you get through one of these races. And uh, you start finding tendencies and things that you do that work, and you just stick to them, I guess, until it doesn't work. I've been on both ends of it, been not aggressive enough, I've been too aggressive. Um, but I think finding that happy medium is key. Let's get off NASCAR for a minute. You're going to be a dad this year. Are you ready for that? Like, I got a four-month-old at home. You know, I know your brother. You know, you're, you have a niece. Uh, are you ready to be a dad? I sure hope so, man. Um, you tell me. It, it's it's going to be exhausting from what I hear uh, to start, but it should get better uh, as soon as they start sleeping good, right? Uh, Tyler Reddick's having a boy. Uh, just had a boy. I got to hang out with him, and his kid was pretty chill, so I'm hoping for a chill baby. I don't know. My personality, my wife's personality is probably not going to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Um, I know you don't get much sleep now. You're going to need sleep because the first two months you're not going to get any. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for you guys. Um, love to hear the news this off season. I know you're, you're repping some Bass Pro Shop gear here. You do any hunting or fishing off the off season? 
did. I went to Ohio a couple times hunting. I didn't get anything, but I had some really fun hunts, seen a lot of deer. Uh, got a good spot to go next year, so I'm pumped about that. But, you know, love my Bass Pro Shop guys. The whole family at Bass Pro really take care of me. So I uh, enjoy going to the store, too, and shopping. There's nothing like a Bass Pro Shop. So. There's not. That's for sure. Well, Austin, I appreciate you joining me, man. I'm excited for you and Whitney for the baby on the way. And um, look forward to watching you this season. And, um, you know, have a good one. Thanks, man. I'm looking for some immortal locks in the NBA, so you got to help me out. All right now joined by brendan gone uh it's been a fun day mixing in drivers here um you know excited to have brendan join us you know we talk on the fantasy show all the time on sirius and um hey it's your last time at the daytona 500 um as a driver um i hope you come and you know hang out with us i know you like to scoop yeah us, so. the, the, listen the, you this might be the last time you see me at the daytona 500 if i ain't running it i don't know if i'm uh if i'm gonna be coming back but you know what this track has been so good to me but we talk, Steve. We, we, you know, we get to talk all the time. For the folks that don't know, you know, we get to talk all the time. We do the the Sirius XM show together, and you're you're our you're our go to guy when it comes to getting all the fantasy advice. But uh, honestly, I never thought I'd have this many races. When I retired, I didn't have plans to keep going. But the Beard family gave me such an amazing opportunity to prolong, you know, my career a little bit, and I've had a great time. And we run damn well with them. Yeah, you've done really well in the you know Talladega and Daytona. Coming back here now, knowing that it's your last Daytona 500, do you approach this race any differently than the other ones? Or have you just approached it like, hey, this might be my last Daytona 500? I never knew which, <laughs> that, that they wouldn't be my last. So, you know, I've always had that kind of thought process. Um, it never was something that said, oh, I know this is my last. Now, this happens to be the one I know. But for this race team, for me, this family, we show up four times a year to do one thing. To try to – they give me a Chevrolet – that even, you know, if you watch the race, you know how strong we are at these races. We come here to try to win every time we show up. And at the end of every race, if you have a stat to show where I'm running with 10 to go or less in every race, I am in the top 10 every race with 10 to go. Now, I'm not saying I finish there every race, unfortunately. That last wreck seems to get me all the time. Hey, you gotta you gotta get past that last wreck. Um, we gotta. When we, I do, we, I have a great finish. <laughs> we gotta see you in victory lane at Daytona 500, 62, 62, you know, 62nd Daytona. You know, Donald Trump being here, like it's just everything. Everything's lining up for you here, but um, you know, let's let's just talk about really quick, you know, and then we'll get into some other fun stuff here. But like, I was asking Austin, I was asking Ty, just. You know, what does it mean, you know, to be just at the Daytona 500 knowing that you're competing for the biggest race of the season? And talk a little bit about, like, the biggest race of the season being the, the first, first race, race and season. not the last. Well, and that, that's, that's the amusing part of our sport. It's been that way a long time. You know, the Daytona 500 is, is our, they love to make the analogy, our Super Bowl. Right. Um, it is our big one. It is the one that, that it's the great American race. You know, I mean, this is what we spend all off-season tuning, wind tunneling, engineer. You know, I mean, this is what people do. And it is weird that it's our first one. As a, as a sports guy, you're, you're, you're supposed to have the World Series at the end of the season. You're supposed to have the NCAA championship at the end of the season. NASCAR has the Daytona 500 to kick it off. Let's do it. And I think it's also what makes us unique, what makes our sport so different than others. Um, and it's it makes it it gives it a lot of pomp and circumstance. I mean, look, at this point, there are 40 people that think they can win a championship this year, and that's how you start off the Daytona 500. So it's wide open, man. It, everybody goes for it, and if you see how this race ends some days, everybody does go for it. 
Well, from a fantasy perspective, you know, obviously, I know you already started looking at, you know, fantasy stuff. You got your show coming up. Would I do that already? (laughs) Come on. Um, Is there any, like, sleepers you have for the 500? Like, let's let's say old Brenny, you know, gets in that last wreck. Um, Is there any sleepers you got for the 500 this year? Yeah, you know, I I just did. You know, of course, we do our show that you're on all the time, and and I've had you come on. I think I've had you come on twice now with my Gone Racing show. Yep. The other gambling show that we do. I did the gambling show this morning, and I, there's a couple things that, that have, I've noticed already. Jimmy Johnson has moved a lot on the board already. People are betting him like crazy. People I'm are seeing him touted so much. Yep, and... people are betting him a lot right now. So he's gone from like 35 to 1 to 15 to 1. Um, Brendan Gone has gone from 200 to 1 to 30 to 1. Uh, so I'm not worth as much money as I was <laughs> about a week ago. Right. So, it, you know, but what I did look at was uh, I had a couple get picks that were still in the 30 to 1, 30 plus range, and that was Matt Benedetto and Ryan Newman. I like both of those. You know, those Newman are, avoids the wrecks. The, the yeah. Benedetto has been great the last bunch of years with much less equipment than he's in now. Right. Does he run harder because he has this equipment? You know, things can happen. And Newman is one of those guys that is like me. Where he sits there, we wait, we play a little more of a chess match, a little more cerebral game, we take our time, we, we, we watch and judge the energy, and when the energy goes ugly, we normally find a way to get away from that negative energy. Uh, and the other one I noticed that isn't on many people's boards, uh, two people, Ty Dillon and Michael McDowell. Two guys that I'm betting my Roto Grinders guru <laughs> on Sunday when I talk to him with the Daytona 500 is going to say that they have quite a streak of top 10 and top 5 finishes here, and they both are amazing at getting to the finishes. I'm going to let Ty know when we do the interview with him and um, let him know that you're already you're throwing those those numbers around so he can he can live up to that for you. Um, let's get a race away from racing. You know, you got four races left this year. Then you're calling it quits again. Um, uh, you know, nobody are, likes a quitter. No, couldn't do AA. Listen, nobody likes a quitter. You've done a ton of stuff here. You know, you know, sponsoring cars. You know, being involved in the sport. You've done a lot of great stuff with the sport in general. So, you know, now you got kids. They're bike riding a oh, lot. Yeah. You know, is it fun to be at the track uh, in a different type of track with them instead of just you know being at the track, being on all the time? It, you know, I, I told my father last year we had my boys were at their biggest race, the the lot the Vegas Nationals that were at the South Point. So it's a big race for my boys. It's you know Pop Pop's hotel yeah. and you know Pop Pop's there watching. And what I love about BMX right now is the life lessons that go on with this, the the stuff that happens that the kids learn that are life lessons. And there's my boys, and then there's the the family that got us into this, the Rice family. And when I tell you I was a freaking mess, I'm watching one particular race, and I cry talking about it because little Ryland Rice is is my, my son and him are best friends, and Michael wins the race, and it's like the joy of a dad with the race. I'm like, you know, I'm jumping up and down, I'm pumping, I'm like, yeah, Michael. And Ryland Rice is in a transfer spot to the last corner and messes up and gets passed oh. to not transfer to the main, and, and the boy melts down, and... I'm watching the joy of my son, the meltdown of our of our good friend's kid, and I'm I'm like I'm screaming one minute, and then parents are watching me cry the next minute, and I'm like I'm a blibbering mess, and I walk up to my mom and dad, and I go, "Is this what it's been like the last thirty years with me?" And my mom and dad look and go, "Worse. You tried to kill yourself over and over many times with it." And I go, I gave him a kiss and a hug, and I go, "I'm really sorry, Dad. I love you." You know, what I mean, it definitely is different when you're the dad, as the dad. 
and thank God it's just BMX racing right now, but my youngest son, Ryland, my Rai Rai, he crashed big the other day. Huge mm. crash. It was on my Instagram and, and slow-moed down and everything. Last turn in the lead, his foot slips a pedal, his foot goes into the fork and stops the front tire cold. Oh. And he goes over the top, seven years old, you know, playing Superman, fall, goes on the ground, the bike hits him in the back of the head, he's on the ground, he's crying, and I'm, and I'm filming going, ooh, that's impressive. He'll be all right. <laughs> and I go walk up, the wreck, the wreck part, I'm like, eh, he'll be all right. You know, I just wonder what life lesson you're going to learn. And then and Mac, the man that runs uh, one of the local tracks, goes, hey, kiddo, if you get up and cross that finish line, you're going to get the first place trophy because it was a race that it was a combined points. And so my kid is just bawling, and he goes, really? <laughs> and he gets up, gets on his bike, and finishes. And I'm like, that's my boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it is totally different being dad, watching BMX races. And I'm trying not to be that dad. I'm trying not to be too, you know, bad baseball dad, overbearing and making the boy, you know. And I know I want to be that way. I want to be the guy that tells them this is how you do it. and this. But at the same time, I just want them to be seven and nine and enjoy it. And so uh, – it's definitely fun. It's definitely interesting for me, but I am enjoying the crap out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, my daughter loves golf. So right now she's like super into golf and, you know, she's really good at it for being eight years old. So holy cow. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So I, I feel you. So I'm not going golfing with your daughter because she's going to she's going to take me for money on the golf course. She, in Vegas. Man, she's she's just, you know, she's been playing since she was three. We live on a golf course and she That's just awesome. absolutely loves it. So um you're going to be, you know, still out in the desert doing stuff oh, yeah. with racing out yep. there? Still, so. got, still got my Class 1 car. Be running the SCORE Series. So I only run the Mexico races. Um, so I just run the SCORE Desert Series. Uh, I don't do the best in the desert. I don't do the other stuff that's in America. My nephew is doing SNORE, just starting his racing career. Oh, jeez. He, he, uh, he my, was riding with you last year, right? He, yep. yep. He, he sits in the pasture seat with me in the Class 1. And then his Pop Pop, my father, would they call him Pop Pop, uh, Pop Pop. He, he was putting him in with me in the class one and then got him a 1600 car entry level buggy. And he uh, got another great video that I posted online was right after I flipped to Talladega. Jake had his first big 1600 race, full blown, like racing against guys that had been racing 30 years. <laughs> and he goes into a turn and there's a cameraman and he does a double barrel roll, <laughs> lands on his wheels and keeps going. And he goes, well, I had to top you, Uncle Brenny. You only did one flip. I did two. So, <laughs> I saw you after your flip in Talladega, and you're like, man, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm sick. I mean, you've known that long enough. I, I am a sick man. But uh, So Jake is starting to maybe take the torch and be the next guy that races in the family, and he's just starting out. So he'll be racing in America. Um, I don't know if he's going to race Mexico with me. I think his, uh, I think his mommy is a little nervous about him racing in Mexico with me after the last year. <laughs> so uh, I may be looking for a co-rider, but I'll be doing my Mexico races, racing the score desert series, got running the liquor company, doing my thing with, you know, with CLS and, uh, just basically trying to just be me, man. I'm not going to change who I am. You know that, Stephen. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a goofball and I'm going to say that way. Well, hopefully you always say that way. One last question before we get out of here. Actually, I'm going to ask you two more. One more question about the kids. Do you think we'll see them want to drive at oh, all as far as like yeah. stock cars? So, unfortunately, I got one son that's like me when it comes to women and one son that's like me when it comes to sports, which is both the worst of both worlds. Uh, so, my youngest son, Rylan, already wants a motorcycle and already wants to do – we have a little yard cart and he drives it in the backyard and thrashes and we have a little electric motorcycle he's already crashed four times and rides around and loves. So, unfortunately, yes, I think that Rylan will want to race. Um, if he doesn't ever race a NASCAR race, I am not going to be very <laughs> unhappy. Uh, and the other one, 
Yeah, we have a whole other set of problems. That's for a whole different show. All right. Um, <laughs> last question I have for you. You're not running for points this year, so I nope. can ask you this. Who wins the championship? You know, we talked about that today. Well, let's um, go. Let's go rookie of the year and champion. Rookie of the year battle is going to be a it's great. Be awesome. This is going to be a phenomenal battle to I watch. I got money on Cole Custer. Um, Cole for, the, C- for the record. Cole Custer, to me, has probably the, the, the most complete package. Stuart Haas Racing, the mm-hmm. most, probably the best team of all the three that are running. Four. Um, has a level head, is a champion, has a lot of guidance, a lot of people over there that are going to teach. Christopher Bell probably has the most talent of it, but there is a question. How much Levine is actually Gibbs or not? And we will find that as the year goes on. We'll find out fast. If Vegas. Levi- we'll find out really we'll find fast. Out in Vegas. Yep. If Levine is full-blown integrated Joe Gibbs, my money's on Cole, uh, uh, Christopher Bell. Cole Custer is the one that it'd be on off the start. Now, that being said, put an asterisk there. Tyler Reddick won a championship with Junior Motorsports, left Junior Motorsports, went to Richard Childress Racing, and won a championship with Richard Childress Racing. Neither time being the favorite to win the championship. So don't put anything past a Tyler Reddick. All right, I'm not going to put anything past him. I will say, statistically speaking, he was very good at steep tracks, and that is why he did so well at Homestead both years. But Absolutely. you have to get to Homestead. When it, when it comes to one race, that's a point. You have to get but, to Homestead. But the rookie of the year does not come down to one race. Right. I do. Like, if I had to pick somebody to win a race, I'd take Reddick. So, you know, there's that. Uh, champion, who you got? So I uh, I bet today on a Brad Keselowski. He's 12 to 1. He has a very nice odd. The crew chief shuffling over there. Richard Pen- R- Richard Roger Penske does not do anything without a lot of thought into it. So I like um, what they are trying to accomplish over there. And so I I pick Brad K today. Um, now with my heart. I'm going for seven time, man. I want it to be eight time as he goes out. I think everyone, every every NASCAR fan that's a real fan wants Jimmy to be in the final four. I don't know if necessarily everybody if wants him it, to win, but but, but every- Jeff Jeff Gordon did it. Rusty yeah. Wallace came close to doing right. it his last year. So I, you know, I, I think Jimmy will also be able to accomplish that. All right, before you get out of here, Veasan show, um, the Gone Betting show. Thursdays? So gone racing, and you know it's bad. I'm sitting here, and I don't know the whole schedule yet for okay. this year. Normally, we're Thursdays, 10 Eastern, on VEASAN, Sirius XM Radio. Right. And then it replays on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Friday mornings, and then it has a couple other plays throughout the deal. And then always the Sirius XM Fantasy Racing Preview Show on NASCAR Channel 90 is always four hours before the start of the race on Sunday. So that's the one that you and I do together all the time. I'll be there with you on Sunday, so you guys make sure you check that out. Sirius XM Channel 90. Um, that's going to wrap it up here, Brandon, and um, we'll get on to the next one. Thank you, Mr. Stephen Young, sir. All right, now joined by Ty Dillon. Ty, we're back at Daytona. Off season's over, ready for the big race. Um, how are you feeling coming into the season? I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm probably the most rested I feel for this season. I was able to get away with my family in, in the state of Washington and Seattle, and feel good and rested it's probably the most energized and excited i am entering a year of, of racing and uh, i think we've had a great year a good off season of just continuity and, and building off of last year so i'm excited for what we can do as a team i was just talking to brendan one he said that he likes your vegas odds for the daytona 500 and you know brendan he's yeah. he's he's that nut um second thing he was talking about we were talking about is just what do you think about like nascar having the biggest race of the season as like the first race of the season yeah, I think it's interesting. It's something unique to our sport. Um, I don't know how it makes sense, but it just seems to work for NASCAR. And um, I think 
you know, you get the spike of interest right at the beginning, and, and the Daytona 500 sets the tone for our whole year. If it's a good showing of, of, of a race, it, it bleeds out through the whole year. So I think it's good for our sport. Um, it's such an exciting race. It is literally our Super Bowl on, on day one. So um, I like it. It's definitely not your typical start to the year with your big sports, but uh, um, it, it adds for, a, I guess, starting with a bang. You have to like it because, you know, these racetracks have been racetracks that you've performed very well at. Do you feel like it's something that you're doing different? Maybe you don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> um, is it just something that you're seeing or doing different? You know, is it, you know, pit crew? Is it a crew chief strategy? Is it something that you're doing? Um, you know, you've done really well in these tracks, and we saw last year you really take, you know, a next step at a lot of tracks. Um, why is it different for the super speedways? Because we can't call them plate tracks anymore. Yeah, yeah I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is just, building that confidence year after year and believing in my process of what I'm seeing and reacting to it inside the race car, um, having that trust on the roof as well as your guys back in the pits making good calls. And I think we've all grown together in, in knowing how to really execute these races. And, um, you know, I, I really trust my instinct with what I'm feeling in, in those packs. And we've been able to build good handling cars, which is a big key. Um, I think a lot of people enter the these super speedway races with uh, kind of a negative mindset that it's 50-50 we can, you know, we'll either run good or we're going to crash. And I, and I don't totally believe it's that way. I think it's an 80-20. I think, yeah, there's 20% chance that things out of your control can happen and take you out of a race, yes. But I think you can do things to make your odds better. And um, I think I've, I've done well at that. I'm, I'm finding confidence in, in my formula at these tracks. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to work out right. Um, but it has worked for us lately. So, uh, you know, you hear a lot of drivers talk about, you know, points racing really starts at Vegas. You know, you're telling me you come to Daytona, points racing starts Daytona 500. Yeah, it literally starts at the duels because I think we'll have, by the time the Daytona 500 is over, we'll have four stages worth of points that you could have earned. Um, and then you go and you have the, the results of Daytona. So you could possibly, you know, it would be extreme, but you could win the duel, that's 10 points. You could win the first, I think we have three stages in the Daytona 500. So that would be a 40 point start on top of uh, who knows what else. So that's a great way to boost you through not even having to run the first three races. So it's a, it's a matter of how you want to look at it. You could call it a points race, but maybe, you know, our normal style of racing starts in, in Vegas, but there's a lot of opportunity to be gained. Um, here in Daytona the first week that can just boost you into a great start to your year. Geico back on board, new paint scheme, refreshed. Do you feel really good about 2020? I really do. I think, you know, just the fact that we have had such a um, good turnover in year and, and that we haven't lost too many people. We have good continuity built off of a year where we grew substantially from, from the previous year throughout the year. And uh, Matt and I are just getting better at communicating and, and our whole team and, and just kind of learning the ins and outs of a, of a family atmosphere of growing your team and uh, growing as a driver as well. So um, I'm extremely excited for this year and, and all the things that are that are going to come. And I think across the board, you know, we, we look at all the statistics. We just want to improve everywhere, probably mainly focusing on bumping that average finish up at the mile and a half and, and probably just getting more consistent at the short tracks. We've been able to show out at times at the short tracks, but bumping that average finish up at the, the mile and a half will be our, our biggest goal. All right, let's get away from racing. Um, off season, man, you look like you're having a ton of fun playing yeah. in the snow. Well, yeah. you know, how was that? It was great. You know, it's, it's good to kind of escape from the sport a little bit. I think I, I keep a lot of things in my head throughout the season uh, emotionally, and it's hard to, you know, it's exhausting that way. And so to get away with my family, kind of a place where we didn't really talk a lot about racing and to be able to go skiing and snowboarding with my wife and 
just watching my little girl grow up means a lot to me. So it was a nice refresher. Like I said, this is the most energized and excited I've been to get back in a race car, and um, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like your wife would live in the snow, and you know, I'm like a beach person. <laughs> she would live in the snow. But um, all right, two more questions before we get out of here. What was the lowest round of golf you shot this off season? I know yeah. you know you're loving some golf right now. I shot an 84. That's my that's my low. So I'm getting it tuned in. My last few rounds were an 84 and an 87. So I'm trying to work on breaking 80. Been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I got one less than this off season. So we'll get there one day. Rick Shield, if you haven't followed him, he's okay. really cool to watch. He's like an overseas guy. Okay. Um, so my guy is Tom Sove. He's got a lot of good. Uh, T-O-M-S-O-V-A-Y. He's my guy. All right. All right, last question before we get out of here. You're a baseball guy. Who wins the World Series this year? Oh, man, you know I'm going to say well, the we, Braves. Well, we know you're going to say the Braves. Yeah. Do you think – let's let's re- rephrase Do you think they have a realistic chance to they win? They just got to take down the Dodgers. Yeah. And then it, then it gets <laughs> realistic. Tough. Yeah, well, I still don't think we addressed our starting pitcher need. I think our bullpen's good. Um, but Anthopolis will make a move. You never know. He's going he's gonna to get something. I think if, if – Austin Riley plays good at third base. They won't have to make a move at third base during the, the deadline. Then they can get another ace, and uh, I think that'll take us to the top. So you're hoping let's just be in contention, get the deadline, make a move. One big the... move at the deadline. All right. Well, yep. Braves, man, they look good last year. I yep. went to the stadium last year. It's awesome. Like, their new stadium is awesome. So, well, Ty, I appreciate you joining Thanks, us, and um, you know, hopefully we'll hear from you throughout the season. Uh, good luck in the Daytona 500, and you know, we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for the morning grind. We'll be back on Tuesday talking some hockey. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy the NBA All-Star break. Enjoy the Daytona 500. And, yeah, appreciate the drivers coming on. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.